The Bridge Podcast Network is made possible by generous support from the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel and Victoria's Restaurant on the Boardwalk in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Open seven days a week year-round. Learn more at BoardwalkPlaza.com. Hello, we're so glad you could join us today on this very important episode of If You Really Knew Me, a place for honest conversations about the Enneagram to inspire better relationships with others, ourselves, and God. And today we're discussing forgiveness, and that is a pretty heavy topic for some. My name is Kim Willie, along with my co-host, Ben Sorrells. We're going to dig a little deeper today, aren't we, Ben? Yes, we are. Forgiveness is a heavy topic, and a lot of times I don't like to be told that I need to forgive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it's important because, you know, who does forgiveness help? It helps us. Amen. And it doesn't help them. Obviously, forgiveness is something we all have to deal with. And I recently read that forgiveness is the act of pardoning an offender. In the Bible, the Greek word translated forgiveness literally means to let go. And since we all represent different numbers on the Enneagram, how, how do each of us handle the forgiveness process, the letting go? You know, each type responds differently to the process of forgiveness. And so I think what we first need to do is talk a little bit about what forgiveness is and is not and kind of what a process of forgiveness is. Well, today's podcast is a bit different than the others in that we're not going through each number one by one. Forgiveness is something that applies to everyone, but certain numbers can struggle more than others with how they forgive or the process to forgive. You know, first, let's talk about what forgiveness is and is not. You know, forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt someone who has hurt you. Forgiveness does not diminish or take away the wrong that was done against you. It is not denial of what happened. You know, this really, it really did happen. We're not going to just sugarcoat it or sweep it under the rug. Forgiveness does not take away the consequences that the other person will face because of his or her actions. Forgiveness is an act. You choose it. It's a process. Even when a person decides to forgive another person, feelings of relief or healing are not immediate. So that's important to remember. Mm -hmm. But they do come. Forgiving someone can be difficult and uncomfortable. Boy, is that the understatement of the year? (laughs) Amen. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, Forgiveness is not weakness. It is the most powerful thing you can do. It breaks the hold that has been on your life. Refusing to forgive allows the person or thing that was hurtful to you continue to hurt you. Mm. And, you know, it it's powerful because you have to rise above. You don't just take it. Yeah. You don't just react to it. Mm-hmm. It is strategically taking your thoughts and your actions captive and rising above that in order for freedom. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting. You know, you hear forgive and forget. It's possible to forgive. As humans, we really can't forget. You know, God is the only one that has the capacity to forget. Forgiveness does not require you to become a doormat. Mm -hmm. So this is really important for certain types. Um, I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness does not require you to become a doormat. It does not require you to open yourself up to the offender to be hurt again. Forgiveness does not wait for the offender to apologize or earn forgiveness in some way. That little list of, of things I just said, that's not easy 
to swallow. No, it's not. Some of, you know, you're not waiting on them. They're the one that hurt you. You know, you're, you're kind of thinking, well, it's up to them to fix it. Yeah. And you're not fixing it, but you should not be held captive or enslaved to a hurt that someone else committed against you. I talked to some counselor friends and something that is widely used in counseling circles is something called the seven steps of forgiveness. And I think that uh, will be something that's important for us to go through. Absolutely. And I think maybe now is a good time to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go through each of those seven steps of forgiveness. Welcome back. As I mentioned before the break, we are now going to dig a little bit deeper and discuss how we can forgive and share how different numbers handle each step. So Ben, what are the seven steps of forgiveness? Okay, number one is recognize the hurt or injury. So you don't minimize what was done against you. You don't deny it. Don't make excuses for the one who hurt you. So let me just give an example. You know, when I was young, I had someone do something abusive to me. Mm. And the whole time, and, and as a type two, the whole time I was like, well, you know, maybe they, their dad, you know, did something abusive to them. Yeah. And well, what's the Christian thing to do? I'm supposed to forgive and I'm supposed to rise above it and whatever. And I did not ever say, you don't do this to a child. Yeah. If it were a friend of mine's child, I would rise up. But for some reason, for me, I was just like, well, you know, I just need to focus on doing the Christian thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually recognize what was done. You know, to some it's easy. Okay, this was done. But yes, I, I saw that it was done, but I did not see it in the fullness of this was done to a child. Mm -hmm. And that's just from my personal experience as a type two. I think ones are going to potentially struggle with this step of recognizing the hurt because they can, that inner critic can say that they did something to cause this or because of a way that they acted, it caused this. So it really wasn't as much on that on the the abuser yeah. as it was um mm-hmm. on them as a person and it doesn't these forgiveness it can be anything but um just answering that abuse situation um that is important to remember um you know type threes they can set their emotions aside you know turn that switch and they're back to task yeah absolutely. you know and so here's an interesting thing type threes are said to pre-grieve. Well, I've never heard that before. And what that means is like, okay, this is a, this is a bad situation. I've been really hurt, whatever. Okay. I just, let me just go through what I need to go through now. And then I get it over with. And then I do what I need to do. Not letting it go through at the time and the, and the pace that it needs to during the moment. It's because threes like to stay on task. And even if something's hurtful, you just gotta, yeah, and, push past it <laughs> and hurt and emotions and you know things like that. They're messy and mm-hmm. they take time and they show their heads at inopportune moments. Yeah, type threes may struggle with you know. Okay, here's the injury. They recognize what was done to them to hurt them, mm-hmm. but 
they have to understand the fullness of this is going to take time. It's a process that I have to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, type sevens. Um, sevens don't always want to admit the wrong that has been done. Um, and that's not all sevens. Some sevens understand it, but they just reframe things into a positive. So they don't reframe the hurt into a positive, but they reframe their time of grief or their time of working through these negative emotions. So sevens are said to have a half range of emotion. And that's all the positive ones, all the good ones. And they're very good at looking at a glass as half full. But sometimes, especially in the situation of hurt, you have to journey through that kind of not fun place. Yeah. And, you know, in some situations, um, counseling is the answer. And I'm not saying sevens don't like counseling, but a lot of sevens don't necessarily feel like they need it, maybe. Mm. The second step is to identify your emotions. You know, if you have anger and regret, that's not wrong. It's a normal response to a hurt against you. You have to work through it. Uh, It's important to identify the emotions, how that made you feel and makes you feel. Let me also say that it may have made you feel one thing at the time, Mm -hmm. but now it's bringing up a whole nother set of emotions. And then it's important to express that emotion in some way. Let me pause to say some types do not, I don't want to say value emotions, Mm -hmm. but they want to glaze over it or suppress it or they don't find it as important or maybe it's just too much it could be some of it's too much and some of it's like no i'm not wasting time on that we can't dwell there we can't go there the problem with that is that doesn't help anger come out yeah and you want the anger yes you want anger to come out of you and you want to when i say come out release get it out of you so that it's out and not in so that's that's really important. So there's some types that may struggle with the emotional piece. And so type ones might struggle with that a little bit, kind of suppressing mm-hmm. things to keep things together. Type threes will just set it aside. <laughs> so type fives are the most emotionally detached number on the Enneagram. So it's almost like they think about feelings, not feel the feelings. So why feelings are important is it is an indicator of what's on the inside. So if you're feeling really angry, don't necessarily just get upset at the fact that you're angry and then just, you know, I can get in my head, honey. Mm -mm, No, that is not good (laughs) because in my head... All kinds of things can happen. And I'm like, why do I get angry? Was that the Christian thing to do? Don't go there. Just get the anger out. I wonder, though, if with fives, they do that because they have, you know, not a lot of energy and the emotion would take up too much energy. Do you think that might be why they don't want to handle the emotion? That is one. That is one piece. And the other piece is I have researched. They probably have researched things around their hurt. Yeah. I have researched this and logically this is what needs to happen. You know, Mm. they might be one more that's just like, I'm done with that. I'm not going to give it any more of my time or whatever. I can see that. Yeah. The only problem is sometimes it's still inside. Mm. And so they're not done with it. They just don't know that. Yeah. So um, that's just something to keep out for. It doesn't say all 
type five struggle with that. But yeah. type sevens, type eights, and type nines may have trouble identifying with emotions. Type sevens, again, with negative emotions. Type eights just want to power through it. They're going to use their gut instinct Mm -hmm. almost more than their emotions. And type nines will merge with others. So if you're sad, I'll be sad. If you're happy, I'll be happy. (laughs) Right, right. They just don't want the conflict. Yeah. You know, and so it's something for nines to learn. and, And all of us are at different points in what we've learned to do. Step three, express your hurt and anger. It is important, like we said, to get the anger out of you. Um, So think about the types that do not want to get the anger out. (laughs) (laughs) Like type ones, repressing it. Type twos, because they fear what they're doing isn't right for them to do. Mm. Sevens want to reframe into a positive. Nines, unaware of the anger that's inside them. Wow. So that is uh, just something important to remember. The next step is set boundaries. Some types are really good at setting boundaries. Yeah. And some are not. (laughs) So I say that looking at myself first, what you need to do is protect yourself from letting this person hurt you again. You don't look for approval from your offender. You need to set up boundaries that are healthy boundaries to keep you from continuously being hurt. Uh, So type twos, like I said, that is a struggle because you want to be what God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. But then what does that look like? Type fours have such intense emotions. So it's going to be hard for them to to draw a boundary over. There's kind of like a push pull uh, with them. So they're going to want to move into the emotion and into the process and then they're going to want to go away from it and then kind of move back in and type nine setting boundaries i cannot tell you how many type nines that i know that are constantly doing things but not all of what they're doing is productive Productive, yeah so that kind of boundary thing is really important especially when it relates to uh, forgiveness and a hurt against you Step five, cancel the debt. No longer hold it against them for what they did. God's justice is Mm -hmm. better than our justice. Amen to that. That is not our go-to thing when when someone hurts us. Cancel the debt. (laughs) I remember back in 1942, (laughs) you did this and this, this, that, you know. It was a sunny day at 3.05 in the afternoon, yeah. And I was having a great day, and (laughs) guess what you did? No. (laughs) So it is important, and only through the Holy Spirit can you have the power Mm -hmm. to truly cancel the debt. Amen. So that means you no longer hold it against them. So... Type ones, uh, something to remember is that ideal of what's right. They have a a big sense of injustice. Mm -hmm. And so when you cancel the debt, that kind of means knowing it was an injustice and still forgiving anyway. That's hard. Super hard. Type sixes, loyalty. You know, your loyalty to this person was broken. Mm. How strong their loyalty is, even though they broke that bond that I don't, readily give to everyone but i gave to them they broke it it's crushing Um, it's crushing eight betrayal 
you know, think about that. If if you have someone close to you that betrays you, I mean, mm. that's kind of eight sometimes go through life. I don't want to say with their guard up, but sort of, you know, they're going to protect the underdog or protect those that can't protect themselves. Yeah. And they're going to challenge things so that that's sometimes a defense mechanism to not get hurt on the inside. Uh, to so, have a tough exterior, maybe, and maybe yeah. maybe expect the worst out of people. It, or plan for it yeah. or, or be ready to challenge it. That's for a type eight that's saying you utterly betrayed me, mm. but I'm going to think of it as if you never did. That's wow, hard. That is. That's hard. Type four, those intense feelings, you know, you have, you know, type fours, sometimes we lovingly talk about how they they see things in texture and depth. Mm -hmm. And so you have cut me to the, the core. core of my existence. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you feel how that how real that is to you. And yeah. then it's saying, even though you did that, I'm going to think of it as if it never happened. Mm. You know, only God can create those feelings. Yes. Type twos, you know, it's it's like sometimes you just are like, you know what? This is how you are. Um, this is now what I expect from you. I quit you. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. I'm done with you. <laughs> but the problem is that doesn't leave room for the Holy Spirit no. to do his work. No. So it is it is canceling that debt. Step six is create a monument. And when I say monument, Kim, you were talking about um, an altar or an Ebenezer. Do you yeah. want to just share a little bit about what the Bible? Yeah. So whenever God does something in your life, you're supposed to make a remembrance of it so that you can go back and look at that and go, look at the goodness of God. It's a reminder even though you walk through bad stuff, I keep a personal journal. I've kept one for years. And sometimes going back and reading those things is hard. Mm -hmm. But then I see what God brought me through. And it's mm -hmm. a good reminder to give him the glory, even though you were in that tough place. Yeah. So, you know, I have one in my wallet, a little monument, and it is a laminated card hmm. that has many colors. And there are, it looks like blood stains wow. on it. And I'm reminded of the story of Joseph, where he was accused of all kinds of things that he did not do. Yeah. And he went through his life. He was thrown into prison by his brothers and mm -hmm. told the father he was dead and then was enslaved and wrongly accused. Yeah. And then eventually God brought him, raised him up to a place uh, where he could see his family, yeah. give food, you know, and it's, I encourage you to look at that. So I, this is a monument of my abuse. Mm. And I look at that and say, you know what, this God brought me through that. And he brought my mind and my heart through that. Wow. And it took time, yeah. you know, but one of the things that counselors say is you don't get to skip the steps. No, <laughs> you, you have you to can't process pick and them choose all. Yeah. which step you want to do. There's a reason why yeah. so many counselors use the seven steps of forgiveness is it's trying to glaze over things we don't like. And yeah. in doing this supernatural gift of forgiveness, you can't. Yeah. And you have to give yourself some grace because you might be on step six, but it might be years after something has happened to you. 
So just show yourself a little bit of grace in Mm -hmm. that process, but know that you do have to walk through Mm -hmm. the process. And, you know, for this uh, create a monument step, threes, fives, and eights, um, just be mindful of this. Don't skip this step and think Mm -hmm. that it's not as important as some of the other steps. You know, when Satan attacks you or when people attack you, Mm -hmm. you look at that sucker and you say, (laughs) (laughs) this is where God brought, this is the line in the the sand. Yeah. We're not going back. It's really It's an accomplishment. You've made it over that mountain. So remember it. Exactly. The last step is to consider reconciliation. Mm. I did not say have reconciliation i said consider and this is with boundaries if possible so sometimes it's not possible yeah Um, like in the case of death or if someone is dangerous or totally unreasonable you know you can't have reconciliation with someone who's not reasonable now so you kind of think like is it possible to work through this and have reconciliation again. I have an instance where it is not possible Mm -hmm. because the person died. Mm. And sometimes, you know, that kind of leaves a, it's like unfinished business that you can never finish. Yeah. That's the thought of it. But in actuality, you still give forgiveness and you can be free from those thoughts that are plaguing you. God can take you through the step even if the person is not there. You still need it for you. Yes. Uh, The thing about forgiveness, it will hurt you more than it hurts the other person has wronged you if you don't forgive. But if you forgive, it gives you freedom. And I want to just reiterate how important counseling is, especially with trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot go through trauma on your own. Mm-mm. I mean, the best plans and the best process for getting better, if it's just involves yourself, it can't be done. Trauma is is something that you need someone to walk through it with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. So considering reconciliation, there's going to be some types. Well, it's going to be hard for all types, but there's some that it's going to be specifically hard for. Type 1s, your ideals are broken. You know, can this ever be right? This situation has been made bad. I'm going to forgive them, but I don't see how we could ever continue on. Twos actually let reconciliation happen too quickly sometimes. Mm. And I want to say there's a difference between reconciliation and enabling. Yes. You know, if you enable someone... Even that you're worried love conquers all, you know, you have to love them and you have to be kind. But what kind of love is enabling? It's actually really not love. No, it's not. It's not helping them. It's not helping you. That isn't reconciliation. You don't make yourself a doormat again. You have boundaries and you stand up for uh, yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't let them walk all over you. You don't totally criticize them either. If you look in Matthew 18, it talks about if someone has wronged you, Mm -hmm. you go to them. Yes. I don't like that. No. (laughs) Because they're the one that wronged me. They should come to me. Yeah. But that's not what the Bible says. Exactly. And I think there is a greater chance for true forgiveness and for that forgiveness to speak to their heart. When someone that's wronged comes to you, 
with a godly heart Mm -hmm. that speaks volumes. Oh yes. You know, and it kind of tears down that, well, you did this, what I did this, but this is why I did this, but this is why you did, you know, no. I think it humbles the other person. It humbles the other. Yeah. yeah. It takes them to a place. Maybe they can ask for forgiveness themselves from the Lord. Yep. Type eights no longer want to be controlled or hurt. So considering reconciliation, we're going to make sure that I'm not controlled or hurt (laughs) again, you know, that kind of thing. So that's something to consider how that's going to affect you. Uh, Type six is someone's broken your loyalty. So you may fear what will happen if you reconcile and how will they react? And like that could happen to me again if I let them in my world, you know? And the answer to that is you let God guide you and Mm -hmm. he'll bring you through it and he'll convict the heart of the other person if they're wanting the same. Type sevens want to move on and go to the next fun thing. This may require working through negative emotions. So it's important. So when I look at forgiveness, you know, the way, the reason why we did the types this way is because forgiveness applies to everyone. It does. All these steps apply to everyone. Now, some of us will be better at some steps than others, but they all need to be part of our journey to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And once we give true forgiveness, there's freedom. There is freedom. I remember um, reading something that says forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. If you don't go through the forgiveness process, it will hurt you more than the offender, Mm -hmm. which is, is so powerful. You know, forgiveness is something we all have to tackle, every single human being. And if you're listening and you're struggling today, I encourage you to really seek the Lord about this. Only He can give you the yes. strength that you need to yes. be able to forgive others and yourself. And and we, we just use the Enneagram as a tool to diagnose the situation, maybe how our personality handles things, but the Holy Spirit and the Lord is who you have to seek to find true healing. Yep. He's the treatment. He is the treatment. And I really feel led to pray for everyone today that is listening, that is struggling with this situation, with any any type of hurt that you've had, and maybe you can't get past it and you're struggling to forgive. So let's join together and pray right now. Father God, I just ask you to touch every heart that is hearing this message right now, Lord. And if they are struggling with forgiveness of someone, something, whatever, God, we ask that you would just reach them where they are and uh, lift that burden, Lord. And and Father, just like Ephesians 4.32 says, that we need to be kind and affectionate toward one another and remember that you've graciously forgiven us. So we need to forgive others, Lord. And, and just help each of us to do that, Lord Jesus, every single day to just forgive and be able to move on, Lord, through your grace and through your mercy. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have found this information helpful, we would love for you to subscribe and journey with us. And maybe if you're still not sure what number you are, you can click on the link in the description of this episode to take the assessment. Thanks. Talk to you soon.